I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Day number three of highlights comes to you from the co-founder of Little Spoon, Lisa Barnett, marketing mastermind Seth Godin, and Grammy-nominated multi-platinum recording artist Montel Jordan. So you can listen in on these candid conversations about the power of brand community, and you'll hear the most influential book of Seth's career. If you wanna watch the full playbook sessions from where these clips are being pulled from, you can head over to Tranual's YouTube channel and look for the Playbook 2022 playlist. Who was your first marketing hire? Our first hire and our first marketing hire is the same thing. Um, was really a jack of all trades um, person who was um, kind of running community. Um, so you're probably gathering. I have strong conviction in the power of community and what that could mean for a brand. Um, our community at Little Spoon is called Is This Normal? I always had a thesis that there would be community that kind of created this long-term sustainable engine for Little Spoon. Um, didn't know exactly how that was going to happen. Had no, you know, I didn't really have a full sense of it, but I knew that I needed a person on board who was a willing to like pound the pavement and b think about it from a holistic perspective. I think sometimes you think community and you think, okay, we're doing these like brand value added initiatives, but they're not really like engines. I wanted to look at that as like your customer is your best source of acquisition community can be a performance marketing channel. How do we look at it that way? So found someone who I had previously known in, in my life. Um, and actually some of my co-founders also had known her on a personal level. She's no longer with us, but um, hired her. And she was really a great addition to the team from that regard, because I mean, again, regarding the unscalable activities, we went out in New York and said, okay, we're going to secure 50 local partners. No idea if we'll still be partners with them in the future, but we need to get in front of people. And again, I gave, you know, my, our community, I don't know, we maybe had like $5,000 to work with for, you know, half a year. Um, so like no money to, to do any of this with. And she literally showed up to music classes, to places new parents were at. And she is a very personable person. Like her weapon is that like, she can talk to anybody and make anybody feel good. Right. And that's exactly what we needed. And that helped us again, build this momentum and flywheel in the beginning. And she became like best friends with not just partners, but like customers, um, who she texts with on a daily basis. And again, it's not something you could do once you're 50, 60, 70,000 customers, but it's important early on because it really helped us understand who our customer base was and how can we unify community together? So that was a really important hire for us. Seth, with all these best-selling books that have changed the, the lives of so many people and that have changed the course of people's careers and their ideas, what is a book that has changed your life? Wow. Okay. So I will begin with this. The book that will change your life the most is the book you write. And I think that just about anybody listening to this should write a book. That doesn't mean you should publish it. Doesn't mean you should spend all your time trying to get other people to read it. But I know that writing my blog every single day, which I don't do for financial reasons, makes me better. 
because I have to notice things. I have to explain things. I have to put my name on something that I believe. But there are so many books from other authors that have had an impact on me. Pema Chagrin's work, Zig Ziglar's work, Patti Smith's book, Just Kids, um, the uh, range of books on social issues, Cast, which I picked as book of the year a couple of years ago, um, Tom Peters and his work. And I guess if I had to just pick one and put a name on it, I would say um, The War of Art by my friend Steve Pressfield. It's a great place to start. So I, I want to sprinkle in some questions from our audience as we go whenever they're appropriate. And we've got this one asked by James Preston from Bear International, which is what is not changing in marketing channels and messaging today that also worked five or 15 years ago? Yeah. So I love the laws of physics. It doesn't matter what political party you're with. The laws of physics don't change. Newton's laws and, and the rest of it are real. Well, there is a law of physics about attention. And it's this. Every day, everyone wakes up with 24 new hours to spend. And it doesn't matter where they are, what they do, that's all they get. And attention is always going to be scarce, even more than real estate. Because you could you know, build a dike and turn some ocean into real estate, but you can't make more attention. So who trusts you? Who gives you the benefit of the doubt? Who chooses to pay you in attention? Because too much of marketing has become about hustle. How do I steal attention? How do I trick people? How do I, you know, so much of the spam I get, if I write back to people who should know better, I'm just doing my job. Yeah, well, you decided to do a job that involved pretending you listen to my podcast and pitching someone to be a guest when I've never had a guest. So stop it. Go do something with your time that works with other people's attention in a way that they're glad to hear from you. That hasn't changed a bit, and I don't see it's going to change. And I think that trust is more scarce than ever before. And humanity is also becoming scarce, because I can't tell if that picture was built by Dali or Stable Diffusion or a human, right? I can't tell if that voice on the phone is a real person or a script. Humanity is going to get more and more valuable as we decide where to allocate our trust. So the scarcity of attention is a constant but where people put their attention changes. And so how can you know the audience that's listening now know where are the places that they should be putting their efforts or attracting attention? Right. So, you know, part of the magic of what you guys do is you help entrepreneurs think about what to standardize. Think about what to scale. Think about how to help people become not a mini version of the founder, but somebody who can bring skills to bear to create scale and leverage. And as somebody who right now is a freelancer, no employees, I alternate between having employees and not, but I'm best when I have none. Um, being an entrepreneur is a skill and figuring out how to do it at scale is a skill. It's not just being a freelancer with helpers. It's something else. And so as we think about opportunities going forward, someone has to win at TikTok, but it's probably not going to be you. Somebody has to be the flavor of the day that everyone's pointing to, but it's probably not going to be you. Waiting to win the influencer sweepstakes, I think your time is better spent building a foundational product or service that is resilient and worth talking about. Because when other people talk about you, 
you have way more leverage and power than if you demand that people listen to you talk about yourself. And I've tried to take that to heart. I've never promoted my blog. I don't hustle or hype my blog. I had 100 readers to my, from my blog for a year, only 100 people. But then I started writing things that people could share. And when they share it, it goes to new people, not because I want it to, but because they want it to. And that's how I got to a million. Funny, I think in, in one sentence there, you probably said as much about what we at Trainual do as we have through this entire event, because we share that ethos. It's like, we're not here to like sh shout from our soapbox, like what we do, we're here to bring value to ancillarily help uh, uh, you know the businesses that are tuning in, right? And we get those comments. It's like, well, when are you going to talk about what Trainual is? It's like, well, look it up. <laughs> we're, we're here to bring you other value, right? Um, I'm curious, when we talk about where the attention is, um, and, and like how to have a real meaningful uh, relationship with the people that you you hope to get attention from, a big buzzword is community. You wrote Tribes in 2008 about building tribes, about building community. What would change if you wrote Tribes today? And the first thing I'd say is uh, I meant absolutely no disrespect to uh, First Peoples, uh, Native people. And a few people have been offended by the title. I don't think the title is a problem, but I would change that because for a long time, we have disrespected the people who came before and we have way too little respect in our world. After saying that, I would say that too much pressure is put on us to reach everyone. And our real opportunity is to reach someone, the smallest viable audience. To matter to a few people, is way more important than to be noticed by everyone. So in my case, you know, I've written some bestsellers, but not one of them, not one, has reached more than 1% of the US population. It's enough, right? That if you can figure out how to matter to a few people, it's scarier than having to say, you can pick anyone and I'm anyone. Trying to figure out how to race to the bottom on Upwork, what a waste of time. If you could be missed if you were gone, that's important. The second thing that I would address is that social networks aren't really social and they tend not to be networks. And doing what Mark or Jack or whoever makes money doing isn't your job. Your job is to weave together a community of people who would miss each other. And so the communities that I've built, and you know, this one, you mentioned this book, I'm a volunteer. I've worked full-time on this for the last year. Um, I don't make a penny from it. There are 2,000 of us in the community online building it with each other. 300 people wrote it together. Mm. In five months, we wrote a 97,000-word book. We edited it, we designed it, we laid it out, we fact-checked it. That's only possible because I brought empathy to the table. The humility to say, I don't know how to do any of these steps. Let me find people, celebrate people, connect people who can. And when you're an entrepreneur, that's hard to do because there's all this pressure on you to be right and all this pressure on you to do it right now. I think a lot of people struggle to navigate like aligning the, the, the pieces and parts of their lives that feel divergent, right? That feel like yep. they're pulled in different directions, whether it is home and relationship or it is entrepreneurship and business and their career ladder or, yeah. or it is their faith or it is their passions and hobbies. And they feel like, you know, it's, it, they don't see the, the middle of the Venn diagram clearly enough, right? Yeah. Like how, how did you find yours? Like, how did you get there on your journey? 
That's, that's a great question. And the best way I can answer that is I had to learn the difference between balancing and prioritizing. Um, I think that we try and balance things that don't deserve to be balanced. So from the standpoint of, I've heard people say, hey, how do I balance my marriage and my kids? Or how do I balance my marriage and my, my career? When you balance something, you're trying to give something equal value. So I'm saying my job is just as important to me as my wife, or my job is just as important to me as my kids. And if you were to prioritize things, you would recognize that some things were never meant to be balanced. My wife was never meant to be balanced with my kids. My kids know, Jonathan, my, my kids know mommy comes first. When it comes to me and mommy and you, you will always come second to mommy because mommy was here first. And that's just how that goes. And so I've learned personally how to prioritize putting God first and then putting my wife and then uh, putting my children and then putting my ministry or then putting my, you know, I have everything kind of land landed in its right place. So I never have a, a struggle with trying to find my center. I always know where center is. And when we do that, we can be more productive as people because certain things were meant to be prioritized and not balanced. I'm hoping that somebody hope I'm seeing some of the stuff in the chat room, but maybe that resonates with you because some people are trying to figure out well, I'm trying to have a, a successful career. I'm trying to build a great business, but I'm, challenged at home it's because home is actually supposed to come first and i personally believe that god honors people who prioritize well and if you don't prioritize well you will find yourself trying to balance and juggle things that don't have equal value they don't carry equal weight hey thanks for listening to organize chaos if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe or leave a review and share it with anyone in your network that you think could use the information. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on social at Chris Ronzio on all platforms, and you can find Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. We'll see you next time.